0: Hello and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David and as always I am joined by the jubilant Matt.
1: God save the Queen, David. Happy Jubilee.
0: Yes, yeah. You. I, 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 I assume you've been, uh, you know, out there uh, tucking into some lovely bunting. Yeah. Uh, hanging, a, hanging a Jubilee pudding on your wall. I've been out um, in
1: my dinghy protecting our borders from immigrants. <laughs> that's the British way.
0: God save the Queen. Yeah. Yeah, all right. I think that's, that does it for that, doesn't it? If, you, if you're wondering, uh, overseas listeners, I mean, well, to be honest, you probably had it rammed down your throats as well. Uh, by the time everyone's listening to this, it will have uh, been and gone. As indeed, harmonic may also. But who knows?
1: Yeah. Do do we do do a takeaway where we congratulate Prince Charles on becoming, like. (laughs) It it might be worth just banking it. Bank that and we just edit it in. (laughs) Yes,
0: yes. God save the king, Matt. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Charles the Whatevereth. Oh, dear. Uh, Right. Um. That's all out of the way. I, I, well, I, I guess, have you, regardless of all of the jingoistic stuff, have you enjoyed your, your long uh, weekend, Matt? Uh, well, I've
1: actually had a week off. It's been the half-term holiday.
0: Ah, so it's basically made no difference to you.
1: <laughs> no, but what a week I've had, David.
0: All right.
1: Oh, oh let me tell you. Um, yeah. Monday... I watched all of the new Stranger Things series. That was out. That was a pretty good day.
0: That sounds utterly exhausting. No. Like, some of those episodes are like... Isn't the last one like two and a half hours long? Yeah, I couldn't
1: turn it off, though. I loved it. Oh,
0: dear, Um, I did. I I fell off the Stranger Things bandwagon pretty hard after season two.
1: Uh, See, season four, I think, is one of the best ones. It's definitely better than three.
0: We're, worth picking it back up then, because uh, my, my experience was I loved season one. I thought season two was OK, but felt a bit sort of bloated and aimless. And when season three came out, I think it was around the time that, you know, Little Zorbs was still taking up a lot of my free time. And um, I just couldn't be asked. Mm-hmm. So I've just not I've just uh, and, and now, of course, with this season coming out, I'm just like, that's a lot of work. So I don't know. Because I'd probably have to, at the very least, watch some recaps of season two to have any hope of knowing what's going on. Yeah. It's that long ago for me. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it anyway.
1: Yeah, so that was Monday. Yeah. Then Tuesday, David, I went on yep.
0: a blind date. Ooh, exciting. Yeah. Um. Did... Uh, Were we you allowed to take the, the blindfold off at any point, or...? Uh,
1: well... I got on the train I went all the way up to Newcastle right and then it was like we were texting each other like oh I'm just I'm just outside the gate in Newcastle are you, uh-huh. are you are you coming soon and then as if from nowhere there I saw it down the street this beautiful visage and I spent the day with Rob from the Cloister Bell podcast
0: oh lovely yeah, it and was a, uh,
1: it was a d- lovely day
0: yeah, so, you, you know, you, you think uh, you'll, you'll see each other again then?
1: Uh, I'd hope so, I'd hope so, yeah. Yeah, well, that's yeah. nice. Uh, no, what a lovely chap.
0: Yeah, yeah, I certainly see no evidence to the contrary.
1: Uh, and we went to Forbidden Planet, and yep. we agreed we'd treat each other to a Doctor Who gift each. Uh-huh. And we bought their entire stock of Anthony Ainley merchandise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm astonished they had any, to be quite Yeah, so quite I,
1: I bought Robin a mug that had all yeah. the different visages of the master on it. Ah, lovely. And he bought me a coaster that just had Anthony Ainley on it.
0: Ah, great.
1: Yeah. Uh, then we went for sushi, and there was like a weird little robot that was... Uh, Serving the sushi, that was nice. I called it Davros. <laughs> oh, only Rob got the joke.
0: I mean, that's all that matters, isn't it?
1: Mm. Yeah. Uh, then, where does that lead us? Wednesday, I went out in Middlesbrough. I went to see The Killer's Life. That was pretty good. Mm. Uh, Thursday, a full day playing Warhammer. And I went to a village called Wet Wang,
0: Oh, I'm familiar with Wet Wang. I've never I, been, but I'm, I've I'm heard just, of it.
1: I, I just think, you know, it's a funny name, isn't it? Wet it Wang. Is, it is funny. Yeah. It is funny rude, to think. It's rude, isn't it? It, it um, does
0: sound a bit rude.
1: And then, where does that lead us? Friday. I can't even remember. I think I had a day off on Friday.
0: Oh, I'd need one after a, a, a yeah. social calendar like that.
1: And then I went for lunch with my mum yesterday. And then today I've done nothing. Excellent. How's your week been?
0: Much less eventful. Mm -hmm. I was working Monday to Wednesday. Um, Thursday and Saturday I've spent round my mums, uh, you know, hanging out with with her and my brother and uh, my grandma. Um, And the other days have just been sort of like recuperation days for uh, uh, just... uh, me and my partner in little sorbs we've uh, we've taken the uh, the sort of the makeshift camper out uh, not not to stay overnight anywhere but to just uh, it's nice at the moment to you know with the weather being so nice if you pick the right sort of place to park it go and have a lovely walk and then instead of just rushing straight home just kind of set it up and just just hang out in the back of in the back of the van and mm. uh, you know have a bite to eat and uh, just frolic about a bit it's it's been really nice
1: yeah good um i know i know you're partial to a bit of frolicking so
0: i i do love a good frolic once in a while good yeah um yeah so there we go it's it's been nice Uh, um I, i it's in some ways four days is a terrible amount of time to, to have off in a row because it's just long enough that you really your brain really starts to go into full holiday mode, mm. but but by the time it gets there, it's cruelly snatched away from you, yep. and uh, yeah, it's back to the grindstone. So uh, not looking forward to that tomorrow, but you know, it'll be okay. I think.
1: Yeah. I um, went out with some people from work last night, and uh, I, it was a mistake. It kind of brought work forward forty eight hours.
0: <laughs> oh no. Yeah, not ideal, um, but yeah. Uh, so uh, we should probably let the listeners know what we're doing this week. Yeah. Um, probably a lot more of this. To be honest, it's our ask us anything episode.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, to sort of celebrate running out of new who, uh, we thought it'd be an opportunity to take stock, think about um, you know. What uh, what Doctor Who means to us at this point, what the podcast means to us, and uh, everything else that our listeners uh were keen to know about, and we've had a surprisingly uh, interesting and diverse range of questions from the listeners, mm, haven't we?
1: We have both Doctor Who and non Doctor Who.
0: Yeah, so I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah, lots lots for us to dig into, but before we do any of that, Matt uh. We've got, uh, we've got the A to Z to do, haven't we? We do,
1: we do. And,
0: oh dear, oh dear, this, I mean, I don't want it to, to take up half the podcast, but it's uh, the letter U this week, I believe?
1: Uh, we're here for a long time, not a good time this week.
0: Uh, we? Right, okay, strap in, listeners. What um, have you got for us, Matt?
1: Um, I've got five entries in total, that's what I've got. <laughs> um...
0: Okay, what are they?
1: Shall we do episodes first? Let's do it. Okay. An episode you like and I hate, The Unquiet Dead.
0: Yep, good one.
1: No, it's not. Um, An episode I think we both quite liked, Utopia. Yep. An episode where a woman shags a wasp, it's the unicorn and the (laughs) wasp.
0: Yep, that is what happens. Uh,
1: And then, I think I know which episode this is, but it made no lasting impression on me. Under the lake.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, that was uh, one part of that two-part... Is that uh... the Fisher
1: King thing?
0: Yeah. yeah. It's a good one.
1: Yeah, it was okay. Uh, so that's all the episodes done.
0: Uh, great. Should I give you some classic ones as well?
1: Oh, please do.
0: The Ultimate Foe, which is the final two parts of Trial of Time Lord. I believe the consensus is that it's crap, but I had a good time watching it, so shrug. Uh, the Underwater Menace... Uh, That's one I've under- heard of a lot. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I, it has a reputation for being quite poor, I guess, is why. Um, underworld, which also has a reputation for being quite poor, and my main, my abiding feeling is that I have literally no memory of it. Right. I'm sure I have watched it, but it, it left absolutely no impression on me whatsoever. Um, an episode you might have heard of, Matt, uh, An Unearthly Child? Is that one ringing any bells?
1: Oh, yeah. How did I miss that?
0: <laughs> uh, and that, I think, does it for the classic stories. Uh, do you want to hear a list of uh, writers?
1: Oh, please.
0: So do I, but uh, there aren't any, so... <laughs> OK. <laughs> Should we move on to Aliens?
1: Aliens, I've got one for you this week, David.
0: Right, OK. I've
1: got what the is it? Ultramancer
0: From the Rings of Akaten.
1: Yep. That very same one. I think it's yeah. the big sun monster.
0: Oh, is it that or is it. I thought it might be like the sort of the, the dudes in cloaks.
1: Uh, maybe it is. Who cares? No one likes that episode.
0: <laughs> Certainly the Ultramancers are not the thing that people talk about when that yeah. episode comes up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't even um, think. I, I haven't got my notes for that episode with me, but I'm certain I didn't write the word Ultramancer once. Hmm.
0: Oh no, that's uh, I'm looking at, at something here, but no, that's a Sarah Jane thing, so I won't worry about that. Um, there's some, there's a couple of uh, entries on Wikipedia for classic monsters. You've got the Abankans from Fall to um the Assyrians from *The Sunmakers*. But to be honest, I think they're one of those ones where they're just humans, but they're on another planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you know, classic who does a lot of. Um, and the Uxarian from uh, Colony in Space cannot picture them to save my life. So, um, yeah, not a lot going on there. Uh, any any sort of companions or other characters? Not a sausage, no. Oh. So, um, yeah, then of course we've got an an unearthly child. I think. That's that, po- uh,
1: that, that poses a problem, David. Why is that? Because uh, that was your nomination for A, <laughs> as well as you. Ah, right. So um, you- you've opted for an unearthly child, and then later on, just unearthly, uh, unearthly child. child.
0: I think that's reasonable, don't you?
1: <laughs> Why don't you put unearthly children, and then you can have all of them. You don't have to
0: specify just that one. <laughs> um... You know what? Having said that, um, Utopia stands out for me. Um, I think, in terms of New Who, it's up there with with the most significant stories. You know, the introduction of the Master. That's that's pretty important. I think mm. it's one of those moments where you, you get the sense Rtd is saying, "Look, you may not like what I'm doing, but this is every bit as legitimate and vital to the history of the show as." Uh, the classic series. So um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I wouldn't say I love everything about Utopia, but it stands out as quite a watershed moment for the series as a whole.
1: Yeah, I I think I might have Unicorn and the Wasp as my nominations.
0: Oh yeah, um...
1: or the Ultramancer.
0: Yeah. I mean, both both absolute standouts, you know, yeah. real high points.
1: I mean, it is slim you, pickings you. this week, but Utopia <sighs> does stand out as an obvious choice.
0: I would say so, yeah. It's the one that makes most sense to me. Um, did our listeners have any other suggestions? Uh,
1: who cares? <laughs> um, actually, I, I didn't ask them this week because right. there were so many questions coming in for the Q&A bit.
0: Yeah, we, 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 we have already sort of outsourced half of our episode to them.
1: Yeah, and I don't want them to think that just because we've invited them to be involved that we respect them, David.
0: Oh, no, heaven forfend. No, no. Um, all right, then. I, I, I'm I going to suggest, Matt, if you're agreeable to this, um, that we uh, forego uh, Have I Got Who's For You this week. Yep. Because I don't think there's anything terribly exciting going on. And I'm very keen to dive into these questions.
1: OK. How are we doing it? Are we doing all the Doctor Who questions in one go? Uh,
0: yes. Yeah. I think I, okay. well, we'll do Doctor Who and then non-Doctor Who. Yeah. I mean, that'd be a nice treat. Yeah, because uh, no- normally, of course, we save the Doctor Who stuff until the end. But, uh, yeah, let's do it. Um, So I think we agreed off-air, didn't we, Matt, that I would... I would read out the Doctor Who questions, and then uh, you you'd uh, you'd do the reading for the non Doctor Who ones. Yeah. Um. And obviously, some of them are directed at just one of us. Some of us. Uh, some of them are directed at, at the both of us, and we'll, we'll, we will, we we will endeavour to answer everything as fulsomely as possible. All right, then. Are you ready, Matt? Here we go. Strap in. So, our first uh, set of questions comes to us from the curator himself, BT Flippity Gigger. Um, And his first question is this. If you could choose any director and or screenwriter working today to be given an episode of Doctor Who, who would you choose? Big one to kick us off.
1: I'd go for Uva Bowl. <laughs> And just make some horrific, knock-off, hyper-violent, crap Mm. B-movie. Or I would maybe go for... I don't know, maybe the Wachowskis, although they haven't done anything good really since the early Matrix films.
0: People like Sense8, don't they? Uh, maybe and they definitely like Doctor Who because uh, they did they did stick uh, McCoy into Sensei and I think that was largely because they were Doctor Who fans. Yeah, so pretty good. Yeah, they, they, they could be interesting. I do think they they're probably they they tend to be more interesting when they're working within limitations. Mm. So uh, yeah, that could definitely work. After all of the uh, rumours swirled around recently and and, and potentially amounted to nothing, it did get me very excited for for what an Edgar Wright-directed episode of Doctor Who might be, especially, like, a feature-length special.
1: Yeah, like, uh, I think he maybe Danny Boyle they'd be quite good
0: yeah that could uh, yeah uh, so somebody of that ilk who definitely has a style and I think crucially is British um, oh actually speaking of Danny Boyle a uh, frequent collaborator Alex garland uh, mm. that who, who writes a lot of the stuff that, that Danny Boyle directs and has written other stuff as well I think is an interesting science fiction writer um I would be kind of fascinated to see what he would do if he was uh, given the uh, the paint palette of Doctor Who uh, mm-hmm. for for an episode or two. Um Yeah, I mean the, the 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 kind of the joy of Doctor Who is that it's so malleable, anyone could potentially bring anything to it. Um so there's almost no limit to, you know, the potential of who you could stick into it, uh, and and do something interesting with. I'm just tracking my brains. I feel like there's somebody else that was on the tip of my tongue, but it's gone. Um, let's move on. We've got a lot of, a lot of other questions to get to. Um, so the the classic bat, bag, marry, kill, Rtd, Moffat, Chipnol. Bang Moffat,
1: definitely. Right. Yeah, because he's a kinky bugger. <laughs> yes. Um, and then... Uh, I don't know, I'll probably marry Chibnall for the sympathy. <laughs> and then kill RTD.
0: I uh, I agree with your choices, but my reasoning may differ slightly, but I'm not going to show my working. Okay. So we're in agreement. Bag Moffat, married Shibnall, kill RTD. Mm-hmm. Done. Um, if you could randomly have any alien race or character from outside Doctor Who show up on Doctor Who, what would it be?
1: Um, Mr Bean. like at at the beginning of Mr Bean he falls from the heavens doesn't he like an alien yeah
0: Yeah, he does
1: so yeah Mr Bean or the Predator like a really hyper violent alien
0: oh that would be great the Predator versus the fifth doctor just (laughs) just trying to thwart him with a cricket ball (laughs) and, and like uh, just some sellotape
1: yeah i'd love
0: it uh um right uh what well, uh what who would i pick for that um maybe an obvious answer just because i've been watching a lot of it recently but uh sapphire and steel i would kind of love it if you're like, you had Sapphire and Steel, they're in the middle of one of their very uh, stoic, uh, serious, uh, icy cold investigations, and then all of a sudden the doctor just comes blundering in, just breaking shit, <laughs> and uh, taking a very different approach to the same problem. Uh, what, what,
1: what if, right, the doctor lands on the moon or some random planet and yeah. goes to investigate? And whilst he's doing that, like, a little robot tries to hijack his shit back and it's the robot from Wallace and Gromit's a Grand Day Out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that would be amazing.
1: But it is like a claymation robot.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'd love that. I, I, yeah. I, I'd be up for any of it. Um, so... Uh, next question, Matt. Would you rather be forced to podcast about every single missing episode of Doctor Who or the entirety of Blake Seven? Now, Doctor after who I, all I, day. are you familiar with Blake Seven?
1: Yeah, but I'd rather just watch one shit sci-fi program than two. <laughs> so I'll watch Doctor Who, please, David.
0: All righty, done. I'll hold you to that. Yeah,
1: uh, we aren't doing Blake Seven. I'll, I'll, I'm putting my foot down on that, David. I know there seems to be some sort of weird crossover in the Venn diagram where everyone who loves Doctor Who loves Blake 7. Do you, do you know don't. why? Uh, um. Because they're all f***ing morons.
0: <laughs> it's Terry Nation.
1: Oh, uh, f- Terry Nation. <laughs> I'll say it. I'll be brave enough to say it. <laughs> Right. Uh, all, all Doctor Who fans think it, but none of them are brave enough to say it. <laughs> F- <him. laughs>
0: so a question for me here. Uh, DWM just announced that a prog band is making a Doctor Who concept album a la The Wall or Tommy. Which band do you think would have the wildest take? Now... Right, moving on. Next <laughs> question, David. I'll keep this brief, Matt. I just want to address, first of all, I'm assuming this is a hypothetical, and it's not just something I've I've missed when I was reading DWM this month. Um, but I I will have to double check. Um, in terms of which band I would choose, uh, my my thinking is, um, ideally, I think they should be a British band, so that they're, they're sort of like on that wavelength. Um, I'd want a band that is sort of. Current and at the top of their game now, not sort of a more legacy act like, uh, like you know the sort of zombie version of yes we've got these days. Um, so um, and also a band that could that is able to do have a bit of humour in their music because I think humour is such a key ingredient of Doctor Who, um, and not every band, and certainly not every punk band manages. To inject a bit of levity into proceedings, but a band that I think ticks all of those boxes for me is the Tangent, who are a current uh, British prog band. Um, I high you were jazz say quoted. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know you're really it was all really up for biscuit at the moment. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah, no, I, 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 think I would say the Tangent. They, they're very good at sort of long form narrative, uh, songs. Um, and I'm pretty sure there's at least a couple of songs out there that theirs have, have, have got references to Doctor Who. Either that, or there's uh, I am the Manic Whale, who actually did do a. It's not a. It's not a full album, but they did do a, a sort of. I think it's sort of a ten-minute song about Doctor Who called uh, "The Man with Many Faces." This was, of course, pre-Jodie Whittaker. <laughs> so then, then I'm pretty sure they're not NMDs. <laughs> um, but. Well. Yeah,
1: I I hope Taylor Swift does one. If Taylor Swift does a Doctor Who concept album, I'll openly admit to being a Doctor Who fan. <laughs> well,
0: there we go. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, we have a couple of anonymous submissions here. Um, you compiled this list, Matt, so... Uh, yeah, there we go. Anonymous. So, Anonymous asks us... Was there ever a specific moment where you found yourself firmly on board with the project or the show. Uh, so do you want to field this first, Matt? I mean, we know the answer about we'll be on board with the show.
1: Yeah, Um. I don't really know. Like, I, I would say in terms of this project, basically, yeah. I, I always pinpoint lockdown as the moment our show got pretty good. Yeah um and i think it was basically when we went into lockdown there was that weird period where we didn't record for a few weeks and yeah um because I, I was just like what the hell is going on everything was upside down yeah and i was like oh i just need to put that to one side whereas actually doing this was kind of the calm that i needed more than anything else
0: yeah a bit of regularity
1: yeah so i would say that was when i found myself on board yeah um Episode 100 was good, wasn't
0: it? That was a good time, yeah, certainly. Yeah. I mean, for me, in terms of this project... I, you know, I wanted to do a Doctor Who podcast for years. In fact, I'd had an, an aborted attempt with some different friends a couple of years previously. Uh, we made it to about episode three, but it had taken us three months to get there because trying to get them to record on the regular was, wasn't happening. So uh, once I persuaded Matt to give it a go... And, you know, Matt was pretty committed from the off in terms of doing it. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I was sort of all in. I'd say, if anything, you're probably more committed than I am at this point. Yeah. <laughs> if you turned around to me tomorrow and said, you know what, I've had enough of this, I'd be all right. All right, we can give it a rest. But uh, every time I ask you, you're sort of like, oh, yeah, no, we can, we can keep doing it we'll find stuff to talk about so uh yeah
1: it was nice when i went out with rob the other day yeah we were talking about like our podcast journey yeah as it were um and that that was a nice chat seeing how their show came together and how that kind of mimicked, not mimicked mirrored how ours did yeah yeah that was nice
0: um and, yeah, in terms of when I was on board with the show itself, I think I've used this analogy before. It's kind of that boiled frog thing of I didn't realise initially how, how deeply I'd fallen for this show. It's been a very, very slow process, really, over the course of my whole life. But it kind of, it really started to snowball around the time of the 50th anniversary. So I'd say these past sort of 10 years have been my most intense period as a fan of Doctor Who. Um, and showing no signs of abating.
1: Um, I would say mine was that Dr. Dance's episode. That was the first one where I thought, oh, this is pretty good, actually. Yeah. Um, and then there was loads more crap. And then, <laughs> like, every so often there'll just be, like, one episode where I'm like, oh, yeah, that was pretty good, actually. I quite like that.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, even as you as a sceptic, you, you, you know, you will a bit... Th- that this show has the potential to do tell amazing stories. Yeah. Um, it just... not
1: the unquiet dead. That <laughs> is a poor story. But I did like Girl in the Fireplace. That was good. That yeah. got me on board.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was the most enthusiastic I think I'd ever heard you about the show up until that point. So mm. that that it was episodes like that that gave me hope. Mm. But here we are years later... Still not willing to admit you're a Doctor Who fan.
1: No, no, never.
0: So, uh, if you could go back to your past selves before putting up the first episode and tell them one thing, whether that be personal revelation, scope of its success, warnings uh, of uh, pitfalls to avoid, etc., what would you say and how would you expect them to react? I I think... Um, Sorry, go on, Matt.
1: I'd say don't ever record two episodes in one sitting. When we used to do that, the second episode was always crap.
0: There was always a dip in energy. Yeah. Yeah. we talk
1: for like two hours and then we get to recording the second episode and we'd just be like, oh, well, what have you been doing this week? Exactly the same as I've (laughs) just told you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So we we try to avoid doing that these days.
1: Our shortest ever episode was when we did The Lodger. Yeah. That that one's only 40 minutes because we were just like, right. I, I need to finish quick i'm going for my tea so yeah we did two back to back
0: yeah and we were just out of energy and i, I do kind of regret that episode purely because it's it's a personal favorite of mine i really enjoy that story but i i found myself with very little to say about it when we were recording in that moment and i think that was more due to the circumstances than than any sort of like comment on the quality of the story itself um I think the other thing that I would say is I'd probably tell myself to relax and let, let the show be what it's going to be. Like not worry too much about it, it fitting into any preconceived notion of what I thought it was going to be.
1: Mm.
0: Um, so obviously the big, the again, the big moment for that was when we hit lockdown and, and you just sort of started wanting to talk more and mess around more. And we were just recording one episode a week and, it it, uh, it allowed it us to our social time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because prior to that, you know, we uh, we'd often be doing a lot of a lot of our sort of extraneous chatting on the in the car on the way to to your house to record, and by the time we got to actually recording, it was just straight into the Doctor Who chat. And mm. as much as you know, I I could just talk about nothing but Doctor Who forever. I think. One of the things that is nice about this is uh, sprinkling in some other stuff around that. So uh, That's
1: it. There's thousands of podcasts talking about Doctor Who. Yes. But how many mention what they've had for breakfast every episode?
0: (laughs) So, um, we've got some questions here from James Swifty Swift. uh, And these ones are specifically for you, Matt.
1: Uh, Here we go.
0: Has there been a point you have considered yourself a fan of Doctor Who, and if so, when
1: the closest I've come would be when we were recording a couple of weeks ago and the new doctor got announced mid record, and there was a bit of excitement in the air, wasn't there?
0: there was yeah
1: yeah, that was quite nice
0: do you think uh, do you think that might that excitement might build as we get closer to? Uh, that RTDs come back, and you know the sixtieth, um, and
1: maybe because this is like my first on-board regeneration.
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff going on right now
1: mm.
0: that we are not privy to, which is quite exciting. Um, so uh, next question: Which era have you enjoyed the most? So RTD Moffat, Chibnall, I guess, or you could go a specific doctor if you want. I'm gonna go Moffat.
1: Just anything with River Song in, she's great,
0: isn't she? Yep, good character. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean the Moffat era is my favourite of New Who. I, yeah. I make no bones about that. What was the episode of Doctor Who, not of the podcast, you most wanted to uh, when you most wanted to give up on the podcast? So, what which came closest to breaking you?
1: Probably when we started watching Classic Who. Probably Tomb of the Cybermen. Right. Dog shit. <laughs> Absolute boring, mundane nonsense.
0: It wasn't. It was a risk of mine to start introducing you to Classic Who so early on. Now that I yeah, think about but when it. When
1: we watched The Rescue, that was great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, breezy little two-parter, that's why.
1: You know, and Five Doctors is great.
0: Yeah, there is some good stuff in Classic Heroes. Twin for Dilemma
1: sure. was great, Brain of Morbius was alright. That one about cricket was okay.
0: <laughs> you hated Black Orchid.
1: <laughs> you had nothing
0: good to say about that one. <laughs>
1: Uh I'd still rather watch that than watch uh, Tomb of the Cybermen.
0: <laughs> oh dear. Um If you had to, which episode of Doctor Who would you like to rewatch? If you were to stick it one on just for fun, Matt.
1: Maybe Rose, just to see how far we've come.
0: Yeah, that would that's that's always a nice thing to re- to revisit.
1: Maybe Family of Blood Because you were adamant that was better than Blink. And I think that thing powered me on it. Whereas, actually, with hindsight, it's pretty good.
0: It is a very good story. Yeah. And and it's one of those ones that I think, a bit like Blink, works almost as a standalone thing. (laughs) Like, you could almost imagine it being like a feature film in its own right. Just about this mysterious man who turns out to be an alien, but. Was keeping it hidden from himself, mm. like that almost doesn't need to be a Doctor Who story to work.
1: I mean, I could watch Fear Her and the Saranga Conundrum, but have my eyes held open like Clockwork Orange. Yeah, like, that would make me go mad.
0: Yeah, no, I, I would, I would never wish that upon you, Matt.
1: Which, which would you? Is there an episode you wouldn't want to rewatch?
0: Oh. The one I always dread the most is Fear Her. But at the moment, to be honest, I think if if you... The, the thing that I that I would most resist would be doing Legend of the Sea Devils again. Because I've had to watch that twice in the space of about six weeks. Oh, yeah. God. And it's awful. So if you kind of said to me, right, you've got to watch Legend of the Sea Devils again tomorrow or... You can't watch Doctor Who for the rest of the year. I'd almost be like, okay, right, I'm, I'm out. I'll just, I'll sit, wait it out for a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I really don't want to have to rewatch that episode again for a goodly while.
1: Yeah, I think that might be the worst we've seen. It's, it's def- close. It's definitely up there with Fear Her. Huh?
0: I, I I the one thing I will say about it is I am fascinated to to find out what went on behind the scenes there, because I feel like there is a story there.
1: Mm.
0: I think something went awry in the same way that Fear Her, you you can contextualize it when you find out that like oh they had a plan for a completely different story but it was going to cost way more of the budget they they'd already overspent so they they asked someone to just bang something out quick and cheap that they could shoot quickly and uh fear her was the result that makes sense to me um so i it just makes me wonder what is the story there with legend of the sea devils how did it end up like that mm. um but yeah no 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 desire to rewatch watch it anyway so uh these ones are specifically uh, directed at me um which episodes have I changed my mind on the most. Uh, And the first one that springs to mind is probably the Crimson Horror. Yeah. I remember going into that being like, uh, I think because that was at the time when we knew the 50th was round the corner. And it's like, oh, we're just pratting around in Victorian London for a week and the Doctor's not in it for half of it. And... I didn't. I didn't. It didn't gel with me on the first watch. But when we came to do it for the podcast, I was like, "Oh, this is just enormous fun." Why was I being such a curmudgeon about it? Um, and I think more broadly, um, I I I do push against the consensus that Gatiss is a bad Doctor Who writer. Mm-hmm. I think he's a. I think he's one of the most interesting writers uh, of the of the sort of regular new Who stable. Um, and I I generally have a good time revisiting his stories.
1: Do, do you know what? I was watching a bit of League of Gentlemen this week. Yeah. And there was one bit with Mark Gatiss in where I was crying with laughter. And I, oh, almost, yeah. I almost forgive him. Is
0: He's he is a very... He is a... I think one of the things is it's... He is a great performer. And I think... There is, a, there is an alternate universe where maybe he focuses on performing and um, you know, becomes bigger doing that. But I think he's one of those people who is just has so many interests that he could he, he's happier having an overall lower profile doing a wide variety of different things than he would be, I think, just focusing on, on, on just performing comedy. Mm. You know, um, but yeah, no, I, anyway, we've gotten sidetracked, haven't we? Um, the next question from, and this is, uh, as a reminder, this is, these are all from James Swifty Swift. Um, what episode, oh no, we've done that one, haven't we? No, we haven't. Um. Ah oh, yes, no. Um Have we done th- Yeah, no, we have. Uh what episode did you least want to rewatch? We talked about it. it was it's uh Legend Sea Devils, definitely. Um so similar to Matt's last question, if Matt had to rewatch an episode, which episode would you want him to rewatch? Ah. So that's interesting. If Don't I you could dare
1: say Unquiet
0: Dead. I'm not gonna say Unquiet Dead, but it is gonna be one of those ones. I, I would say midnight. Oh no. Because I think you just... It's rare that I say that I would accuse you of simply not getting it. But I think for whatever reason, you were the wrong frame of mind for that story and you just didn't get what what was they were trying to do with it. They were just on a bus. <laughs> I, I think no you one might one find one yourself...
1: One's... No. Oh, no, should I re-watch it?
0: I think it would be interesting enough that, that that we could potentially do an episode on that at some point, if you yeah. were keen to give it a go.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll do it like Saturday Kitchen. We'll do Doctor Who Heaven, Doctor Who Hell.
0: Yeah. What What I wouldn't want to do... I'll is watch that you.
1: if you watch Legend of the Sea Devil for <laughs> the third time in a month.
0: <laughs> I'm not that keen to do it uh but yeah i i do think what i would want you to do is to be doing it under duress because then you're just going to have a negative experience again because mm. it's not it's not a fun episode but it is good so uh, yeah uh, that's that's the one that springs to mind we have a question here from rod henderson if you could design the tardis for doctor the 14th what would it be like, and what would you make or show of it? Um, you cannot just use a previous Doctor's design. So, assuming, and this is a big assumption at the moment, because it's not been made explicit in any of the press releases, I am assuming that shooting at what is the fourteenth Doctor, right? We don't know that for a fact, worryingly. Uh, but, um, uh, and I would also like to assume that he is going to have quite a bright, colourful costume because, you know, we've seen fashion shoots and stuff with Shooting out where he is wearing um, some really vibrant uh, clothes and he just, he looks fantastic in them. So, with that being the case... I'd like a really clean, stark white, uh, TARDIS interior, almost like an art gallery. Mm-hmm. Just so his costume is just like bouncing out of the screen at you. Yeah, I
1: um, want it. I want it to be bright. Why is the TARDIS yeah. so dark all of a sudden? I
0: I, I really hate how poorly lit Thirteen's um, uh, TARDIS is. I think there has never been a more mismatched Doctor and Tardis interior than uh, than thirteen and her Tardis. Unfortunately, um, it was a swing and a miss that one. Um, so yeah, I, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking bright, white, minimalist, but with a bit of furniture in it—a bit akin to, um, you know, classic classic Who. Like you know, let's have a coat rack. Let's. Uh, let let us let, have a rocking chair in it or something.
1: Yeah, somewhere to sit instead of just the stairs.
0: Yeah, but almost in a way where those accoutrements almost feel like parts of an installation art piece. Mm. You know, they should they should they should really like stand out as as items, um, and in terms of the main console. Um, just uh i i guess something more akin to uh Capaldi's console mm-hmm. so more uh more sci-fi less organic or less silly not 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 as sort of steampunky as um, eleven's console. What What about your thoughts? Have you got any other thoughts on that, Matt? Uh, just brighter. Just make it bright. Yeah. get some get some standard lamps in if need be. Yeah,
1: just <laughs> pay your electricity bill. I know it's hitting us hard. Yeah, that charges have gone up, but get the lights on fifty p in the meter. <laughs>
0: uh, okay, so a couple of questions from Ariel here. What are your thoughts on Tennant, Donna, and Wilf coming back for the sixtieth? Uh, uh, spoilers, I guess. <laughs> if you if you weren't aware of that, who isn't aware of that and is listening to this podcast? Uh, anyway, Aria says she is very excited for that. How are you feeling about that, Matt?
1: It can only be a good thing.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm nervous. I'm gonna be honest, I'm nervous. Especially some of the rumours regarding that that I've heard. I mean, do I love those characters? Yes, absolutely. Do I want more with those characters? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I guess it's a matter of timing and focus for me. I don't want it to just feel like a nostalgia fest. Especially if it's the 60th anniversary of the entirety of Doctor Who. I don't want RTD's big comeback to be, oh, do you remember when I was in charge and how much everybody loved that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know that that's a good look. So as, yeah, I mean Tenant and Donna is is, you know, that's my favorite uh Doctor Companion pairing of the RTD era. Wilf is my absolute number one favourite character from the RTD era. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not going I'm, to I'm not gonna sit here and just grumble about it. But uh, I, I, the devil's in the detail for me, I think, with that. So we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, and more broadly, Ariel asks us, what are you most excited about or hoping for from the future of the show?
1: Good storytelling with good characters. Yeah. We've kind of lacked that a bit recently.
0: Certainly, I think character arcs has not been Chibnall's strong suit. So, um, more of a focus in on that would be good, I think, and and would be good for the longevity of the show. And I guess that's the main thing for me. The future of the show... Um... I don't want I don't want this to be the sort of the bookend. I would hate for RTD to come back, for it to limp on for three more years and then shut up shop. Mm-hmm. I would I, I, I hope it will be a case of more of RTD comes back, gets the show back in the mainstream consciousness again, uh comes up with a bit of a a plan of succession and then hands the reins over and takes on more of a um, consulting producer kind of capacity, maybe. Um, Because I just want it to continue, and I want new voices. I think, you know, Doctor Who, at its best, is a playground that anyone in, in the British TV industry could potentially have a shot at playing in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't want it to become closed off um, and just, you know, I, it, nothing would, would disappoint me more than we than we see the lineup of writers for uh, RTD's first new series as showrunner and it's, you know, it's Toby Weirhouse and Mark Gatiss and all the usual suspects, you yeah. know. Jobs Everyone... So yeah, everyone would lose their minds if Moffat came back for an episode. But honestly, he's left his mark on the show. Let's keep getting new writers in. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I hope it. I hope it can. It can continue beyond its immediate future. And uh, I, I'm just. I'm very excited to see what Shuity Gatwa does with the role i think he's going to be incredible and i i really hope that 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 i'm right about that um okay last couple of doctor who questions and these come courtesy of james courtney um first of all matt he asks you if you had a tardis and could travel back in time would you stop yourself from starting this podcast
1: No, not at all. (laughs) Time spent with you is never time wasted, David.
0: Oh, that's kind of you to say.
1: Um, I I don't know if you heard. It was when I was doing Who Can Convince You recently and Mark from the All of Time and Space podcast was with us. Um, And he, he, he was very kindly recommending our show. Yeah. And he said, you know, give it a listen. David is the... Hardened Doctor Who fan who's very passionate and insightful on the show. And Matt likes
0: talking to David. <laughs> <laughs> that's as good as pictures, any, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we, we, that's the thing. We both have a great time doing this, don't we? Even if we're in it for slightly different reasons.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, and James has asked me, at what age do I think I will introduce Little Zorbs to Doctor Who? And as a follow-up question, what does my partner think of Doctor Who? So, in terms of introducing Little Zorbs, my instinct is around about five or six. The thing is, he, he's already a massive nerd. He loves robots and monsters. He's just starting to become really aware of the concept of superheroes. He's been on the Paw Patrol recently, which I am not a big fan of. Um, but they have a whole sort of substrand of episodes in more recent series of that called Mighty Pups, where they've basically just gotten scared of Marvel and started doing <laughs> its Paw Patrol, but they all have superpowers. Excellent. Yeah. Um, and you know the explanation is something something meaty or something. <laughs> yeah. Um. Always the case. Yeah. Um. But it's like. So yeah, and and he it's got to the point that now he will only he will he won't accept anything other than the Mighty Pups episodes. Like I have to sit there and manually skip on to the next Mighty Pups one because you know it's like, oh, it's just regular Paw Patrol. They're just saving some bats or whatever. I don't care about this. I want the ones where they shoot lasers out of their paws. <laughs> so, yeah, he is obviously very receptive to a lot of that science fiction-y kind of stuff. Um, But I want him to be at an age where he can really uh, appreciate the range of storytelling within Doctor Who. And uh, also, I think I don't know that he he doesn't have he has a much lower threshold when it comes to live action stuff at the moment. Um, if it's not animated, it doesn't hold his attention. So I I wouldn't want to rush it um, because I, I, I would. Nothing would crush me more than me to show him an episode too young for him to not like it and then lose immediately lose all interest in Doctor Who for 10 years.
1: Right. Well, don't start him on Tomb of the Cybermen. <laughs> <laughs> show him, show him Pertwee first.
0: Yeah, Pertwee probably is a good gateway doctor. I think, in a lot of ways. Mm. And in terms of what does my partner think? In the RTD years, she was probably about as equally invested in it as I as I am, uh, or I was. Um, but as my interest grew, her interest waned. A bit um and and she said to me before my approach to interests uh can very quickly kill hers because you know i i can get very very intense about stuff when i i start to get into it um so it, i mean she has not been keeping up with uh the chibnall era at all i think she's what at least watched with me uh, everything in the Moffat era, but midway through series 11, she just kind of dropped off. And uh, I'm hoping maybe she'll come back on board with the RTD era. But, you know, we'll see. Either that or I'll just end up having to watch it on my own as I do currently. Um. So last question about Dr. Who, man. What did you expect before starting the show? Uh, oh. Or I guess this is more about the the uh, the podcast in general. But anyway, what did we both expect before starting the show, and how does it compare? Um, Matt, do you want to take this one first? Yeah. Um, in terms of Doctor
1: Who, I thought it was a silly kids' show, um, but actually, some of the storytelling's quite good when it wants to be. Um, in terms of the pod, I like it more now than when we started. I it, I like that it's become... It's not that it never wasn't fun. Yeah. It It's just a bit silly now, isn't
0: it? And I like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything to keep you on board? <laughs> uh, in terms of what did I expect... Um, well, it's a weird one for me, because, in terms of Doctor Who itself. Uh, because... You know, I, I my you know, my, it was a matter of osmosis for me. I had a broad conception of Doctor Who before I'd ever even watched the Cushing movies. Then the Cushing movies gave me a sort of an understanding of Doctor Who, but it's a bit of a, a of a sort of wonky perspective on it. And then yeah, just sort of gradually picked things up over time. So by the time it got to be watching Rose on broadcast in two thousand and five, by the end of that I was just like, Oh great. That's what Doctor Who is now. I'm, I like this, you know. Um, in terms of what did I expect from the show, I guess uh, from the podcast, I guess the big thing is I thought by the time we got to the Moffat era, you'd be into it more along the lines of the way I'm into it. Mm-hmm. And that hasn't happened. Not yet. <laughs> Um, So, yeah, there was a period of adjustment to me, I think, mentally, to kind of accept that Matt is not going to appreciate the show in the way that I do.
1: But that doesn't mean
0: to say that you're not going to enjoy it.
1: No, and I I think it's important uh, to say that we're always honest This isn't like me putting on a persona, like the cantankerous, oh no, I don't like this. Like, if it's good, I always say it's good. And if it's crap, I always say it's crap.
0: Absolutely. Uh, But yeah, I think it's just, unfortunately, Doctor Who has probably for you a low enough hit rate that left to your own devices, you probably wouldn't keep watching it. Would that be a fair assumption?
1: Yeah, 200 episodes in, I've sort of worked out this isn't really for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of fair enough.
1: You know, but we gave it the old college try.
0: We did, and we're going to continue to. But don't don't let me forget, Matt, before the end of this, I'm going to talk more broadly about our long-term plans for what we're going to be doing now that we are caught up. I meant to do it last week and I completely forgot. So uh, please don't let me uh, finish the recording before we get there. Now... Okay. We've got some non-Doctor Who questions to get through, so I'm going to hand the reins over to you because um, I seem to be developing a cold or something and my, my voice needs a rest.
1: Right. Well, I've specifically put these questions first, David, because I feel we've been betrayed by some of our listeners.
0: <laughs> right, OK.
1: OK. Now, I'm looking at you when I say this, Rod Henderson, and I'm looking at you when I say this, Marie Boudreau. OK? Because two of the questions, David... Uh, What did you have for breakfast today? And what's the best thing that you've eaten in the last seven days? So those cockamamie sons of guns have brought that meal of the week for one week. (laughs) They have.
0: Cheeky. Cheeky people. Um, Right, so what did I have for breakfast? Banana. Not very exciting. You, Matt?
1: Kellogg's Crave.
0: Tig. Right. (laughs) Um, What was the best thing you've eaten in the last seven days? For me... uh, I had a barbecue at my mum's yesterday. That was nice. And you know what, specifically, uh, you, you obviously were aware about, you know, you you used to live quite close to the Heck Sausage Factory. Yep. Were yeah. you aware that they would do factory outlet days? Yes. Did you ever avail yourself of that?
1: Yeah, we once bought like 80 sausages a day.
0: Yeah. That's exactly what my brother did yesterday. Oh. And and he even got some vegetarian ones from them. So I'm going to say, the specifically, the best thing I ate was a hot dog uh, consisting of a heck vegetarian chipolata nice. with ketchup and mustard. I think it was mine great. would
1: be, like I say, when I met Rob from the Cloister Bell, we went and had sushi, and it was lovely.
0: Can't be a bit of sushi. OK, what's next? I
1: can't, I can't believe meal of the week came back. <laughs> we were so adamant.
0: <laughs> Sneaky.
1: Yeah. Right, the, the next question's come from Sonia. Now, David, I'm going to let you take the lead on this. Right. Uh, in the same vein as like BT, Flippity Giggard being the curator, myself, uh, the Cloister Bell podcast, and the Who Can Convince You podcast, we've decided we need a title for Sonia because she supports both of those two podcasts on Patreon. We we haven't got a Patreon, but she's always very supportive of us, so we need a a nice title. Ah, uh, I thought the Viscount. I thought that was
0: yeah, the Viscount's good. Um, I guess you could say is she uh, is she supporting both of them on Patreon? You know, the the, the philanthropist. Yeah.
1: Grandma uh, money bags. Paying <laughs> for them both. <laughs>
0: um, Well, technically, would it not be the Viscountess? I don't know. Or the Duchess, maybe.
1: Yeah, should we go for
0: the Duchess? The Duchess. (laughs) If you hate this, Sonia, do let us know, because it's probably going to stick.
1: Yeah. Uh, First question, what's your favourite dessert?
0: Ooh. Do you want to go first, Matt?
1: Um, If I go out for a meal... I normally, I don't usually get a big dessert. I usually get a coffee and then try and get a small dessert, like maybe a brownie. Uh, Yeah. But my absolute favourite is Millionaire Shortbread or I quite like a Blondie over a brownie.
0: Ooh, fancy. For me, hands down, rhubarb crumble and custard.
1: Oh, yes, yes. In fact, anything anything with custard. Yeah. I can't remember if I mentioned this on Pod, David, but uh, I think it was last week. Um, Have have I mentioned about how much I hate washing up at the moment?
0: Uh, No, you haven't.
1: Uh, Well, I hate doing the washing up. So the other day for my pudding, I just ate a tin of rice pudding from the tin over the sink (laughs) like a homeless man, so I didn't have to wash it up.
0: Oh, dear, oh, dear, Matt.
1: (laughs) Right. You should get yourself into
0: Big Finish. Big finish makes washing up a lot easier.
1: Mm. Right, moving swiftly on. Yeah. What is an American food that you love?
0: Ooh. I love the American approach to peanut butter. Oh, really? The way they will just ram peanut butter in anything. Like uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. Love those. And also, peanut butter and jam sandwiches, or uh, jelly as you Americans would say, but you know we say jam um i only discovered jam. them uh, yeah um uh, you know the classic kid food in america but i only really got into them as an adult and it's i mean that's not good you shouldn't be hammering uh peanut butter and jam sandwiches as, as a as a grown man because uh, you know it doesn't take long for it to start to have deleterious effects <laughs> but uh yeah it's a great combination i love it uh... what about you
1: I don't think you can beat a good cheeseburger.
0: Mm. Yeah. I had some
1: cheeseburgers for my lunch yesterday and I went all out I bought a lot of expensive ingredients and oh my, yeah. it was worth it. Um other than that I don't know is apple pie American? Uh,
0: I don't know we have apples we have pastry I think we yeah. were making apple pies before uh, America. Uh, you know the other oh, thing I I'll was... tell,
1: tell you what I will say. Yeah. root beer.
0: All right. Yes.
1: In fact, high fructose
0: corn syrup. <laughs> Good answer.
1: Yeah, There we go.
0: Next question is who has the best wordle record?
1: Yeah, I'm just going to load mine up and check. Yep.
0: Yeah, same. Let's just do it. Let's compare, eh? It's been Let's a while. Let's go head
1: to head. Right. Well.
0: Didn't get on well with today. So I will. I will say.
1: Um, I got today's in four. It was depth, if you haven't done it.
0: It was, yeah. Uh, right. Bear with me one moment, David, Matt. I... My my phone's been a bit slow.
1: I, I've i played exactly 100 Wordles today.
0: Oh, have you? That's exciting. Of which um.
1: I have a win percentage of 99%.
0: Ooh, and the I one think I got that's a... wrong...
1: I, 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 you were quick to jump on it when I got one wrong, but I was in bed with COVID at the time and <laughs> accidentally pressed the wrong button.
0: All righty then.
1: So my current um, streak is 65. My maximum streak is 65.
0: Yeah. Now, the thing is, you lost your streak. The reason I jumped on it was because you lost your streak the day after I'd lost mine. And you were so... You, it, you were not dignified in, well, uh, in your response.
1: listeners won't believe that. Response. On,
0: so I, I just gave as good as I got, is what happened there. Um, so as Stan, because I lost my streak the day before you, I'm on a streak of 66. Wow. So I'm one ahead of you. So I am on course to beat you in terms of the biggest streak at the end of the year, unless one of us puts a foot wrong. Now, I will say, I have played more overall. Before we started competing, I I, I was intermittent in my approach to Wordle. Um, So I've played 147, and I have a win rate of 96 overall. So not as strong.
1: It's important to say we do have a secret Wordle WhatsApp group with Rob from the Cloister Bell. He's getting a lot of play this week, isn't he? He is. He's coming up a lot in conversation. And also a couple of friends from the Married to Who pod. So every day it's a heated debate on who gets Wordle.
0: So um, can I check, Matt? How uh, here's a, here's an uh, an interesting comparison. How many have you got in in two?
1: Right, I've I've never got a wanna.
0: I've never got a wanna.
1: I've got three in two.
0: Oh, I've only got one in two so far.
1: I've got 23 in 3. Yeah. 25 in
0: 4. 35 in 5. And 13 in 6. So we, is thir- uh, 5 your highest?
1: Uh, I believe overall. so, yes. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah.
0: My highest is 4. I've got I've got more in 4 than in 5. I've got 53 in 4.
1: It's going to be your tenth yeah. at the end of the year, isn't
0: and, it? Uh, and uh, uh, 14 in 6.
1: Let me ask uh, you Sonia's final question, David. Yes. What's been some of your favourite moments on the pod?
0: (sighs) Too many to count, in all honesty. Um, uh, You know what? I'm going to say the first ever round of uh, the Weenie Big Quiz... Because I was a little bit unsure how that was going to go. And it genuinely is something that I now look forward to every year. <laughs>
1: um, I would say for mine, I'm going to break the one rule of the podcast, David. Yeah. I'm going to talk about the one thing we vowed we'd never talk about on air. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, er- earlier this year, I got divorced.
0: Right, um, yeah, okay. Yeah. And,
1: and the pod was a pretty nice crutch. Through that yes. it wasn't an easy time but you know we haven't made a big song and dance about it we're not gonna make a big song and dance about it but just getting random nice messages from people about mm. you know this is what I've had for lunch you know it, it helped a lot there were a there's a lot of nice people out there that I've met yeah. through this pod right. uh, and yeah so thank you everyone well yes
0: yeah um... and
1: we'll go back to never talking about that ever again <laughs>
0: Yes, the only thing I'll add to that, listeners, is that certainly puts the uh, the rice pudding anecdote in context, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm fine, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, uh, genuinely, um, yeah. Uh, it that's uh, it's not an easy thing to talk about on on pod. So um, that's incredibly sort of open of you, Matt, and uh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that I've I've been able to contribute in my small way, uh, giving you, you something you else to be been thinking about. You a
1: saint, David. Yeah. Well, um, thank, um, nice so that's why say. when James Courtney listens to this and he's like, why hasn't Matt said what his partner thinks about Doctor Who? Because uh, I don't know where she is, James. There's the answer <laughs> to that. <laughs> right? Oh, dear. Right, moving on. Moving, moving on. <laughs> uh, Rod Henderson is next. Yeah. Rod says, I don't think I have any specific outside Doctor Who type questions, as you're both pretty open on pod. But if yeah. you were to make You Bring the Robots, We Bring the Wars, what would your regular features have been?
0: Oh, man.
1: Um, well, we'd definitely be building our own robots.
0: Yeah. Um, week, that would week be fine That would be a project. Um, yeah. I think I guess I, I I love to pointlessly rank things. So maybe you could have a segment like um, this is genuinely off the top of my head, but something like um, row ro hot or row not, like you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Best we, and worst robots of
1: the week. The complete A to Z of robots, starting with A for Asimov. Ah uh, uh, yeah. B for BB Eight and C for C Three PO. Ah,
0: you you. Because,
1: <laughs> D for data from Star Trek.
0: Yeah, you could certainly do it. You wouldn't even have any trouble with X.
1: No. You no. wouldn't be
0: having to fall back on Zylophone,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Like so many thinkers do. Yeah. Um yeah. Awesome. Uh we we talked once about doing uh doing an episode. And we just we dropping to...
1: it as a joke, weren't we?
0: Yeah, we, we, that, that maybe is still on the cards one day. Yeah,
1: there, there was literally a point, because we were getting close to April Fool's Day. Yeah. When, when we were really talking about Robot Wars a lot, and we were just going to, one week, just do a totally separate podcast... Yeah, we just... just we, ..and we, never we, address it.
0: Yeah, we just didn't quite pull the trigger on it. But you never know, might happen. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, right, next question. Back to James Courtney. Um, they're all about Star Trek, David.
0: Right, okay. I am uh, out of my comfort zone.
1: Right. What is your favourite of the TV shows and movies? Uh,
0: I have the most nostalgia for Next Generation.
1: Correct. Next Generation is the best Star Trek.
0: Yeah. Uh, um, favourite movie? The one that that I think I probably saw most as a child was uh, the one where they saved the whales, go back in time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Don't
0: know which one that is.
1: Um, I think for me it's first contact.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. Who's the best captain? Obviously Picard. Yeah, Picard. There's no no uh, question What there. are the
1: strengths of Star Trek compared to Doctor Who? Um, it's good. <laughs> there we
0: go i would say star trek is better at hard science fiction and more philosophical sci-fi you know classic sort of uh yeah like short story anthology ponder this children kind of sci-fi yeah but um Well, I think where it falls down is sometimes it can come across as a little bit po-faced and also a little bit soapy at its worst. Um, And, uh, you know, I think one of the great strengths of Doctor Who is that, you know, every episode is like unwrapping a a present. You just don't know what you're going to get.
1: Right. Next set of questions, David, are from Ariel. Hi, Ariel. What is your favourite Taylor Swift album or song if you haven't heard any full albums?
0: I couldn't name a single Taylor Swift song.
1: Right. Best song, easily, Style. Okay. It's underrated, but it's her best song by a country mile. Um, Although, uh, I might have to edit this out because there is another song I quite like that uh, I heard recently Taylor Swift yeah it's called The Last Great American Dynasty that's a good song that's a fairly recent one from Old Tay Tay so if you're looking at n- n- newer stuff go for that best album um, I'm going to liken them to Doctor Who Red mm. is Matt Smith 1989 is Capaldi I pref- I enjoy Red more but 1989's better Right. There you go. Here's a question for you, though, David. You can answer this one. Mm-hmm. What is one quintessentially British thing every foreigner should try at some point? This one is definitely not because I'll be visiting London and Oxford in early June and want ideas.
0: Um, now, the trouble with that is London and Oxford are not coastal places. My so my first instinct is um, eating fish and chips, ideally from a car whilst it's raining outside, staring at the sea.
1: Uh, see, my answer was don't bother with London and Oxford. Go to Yorkshire. Yeah, it is the best part of England. Okay, London's too busy. Oxford is too up its own ass. Come to Yorkshire.
0: I guess what I will say more broadly is if you can. And I know this is tricky when you're visiting and you maybe don't have access to a car or something. Try and get outside of the cities into the countryside. Yeah. Get yourself into the fields, in amongst the trees, because I think all over the UK it has some of the most beautiful uh, countryside. And also, if you want to, try, try and get yourself to an old Neolithic site. So Go and see some weird rocks yeah, standing around wow, wow. in a formation.
1: Yeah. Go to the White Horse. That's
0: nice. Yeah.
1: Just look. The mistake you've made there, Ariel, is going to London. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Yeah, London's okay, But at the end of the day, I don't know. Cities are all just cities to me. For me, what makes a country... North Yorkshire,
1: you've got the Dales. You've got the Moors. You've got the Howardian Hills. Yeah. You've got them all. It's an area of outstanding natural beauty.
0: It surely is. What are you
1: going to be looking at, Ariel? A big house where the Queen lives.
0: <laughs> so sack
1: off London and Oxford. It's
0: a dump. Either way, have a lovely time. And right. uh, oh, uh, that's uh, I will say more generally. If you are going to get fish and chips, don't go to a pub to get them. Pub chip and fish and chips are okay, no,
1: no, but they're horrible and they're not as good. Go to not a as good. Chippy.
0: Proper chippy the scuzzier the better
1: yeah get mushy peas yeah get a can of shandy bass
0: sit on a bench yeah don't yeah, yeah don't yeah if 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 the if the chippy's got like uh seating inside the restaurant it's too posh yeah i i, I totally agree
1: i totally agree and ask for scraps as well
0: yes got to ask yeah. for scraps
1: right Okay. Next question. We got two into fish and chips there, Dan. <laughs> I did. <laughs> of the various pop culture references that you have made that are before my time, which would you recommend the most?
0: Okay, I have a very uh, specific thought on this. I don't know if you agree, Matt. I think one of the things that we both very much agree on is uh, the comedy stylings of Reeves and Mortimer. Yes. Who are not well-known outside of the UK, because they are a touch parochial. But if you like, if you like absurd humour, you know, if you don't mind a bit of Monty Python or whatever, get some Reeves and Mortimer down you. Um, if you want an, if you want an easy introduction to them, I'd say probably shooting stars is, is more accessible, which is sort of like a comedy game show thing, which, you know, but doesn't take the, the game show element remotely seriously. Um, but if you just want proper, weird, brilliant sketches and characters and things, uh, The Smell of Reeves and Mortimer, I think, is the best series they ever did.
1: Yeah, yeah. In in that vein, I'm going to say Big Train. Watch Big Train. Yes,
0: yeah. Big um, Train is a super underrated sketch show.
1: And Operation Good Guys.
0: Which, which I still spent... never... set never seen. You've been it, telling me for years to watch that. I it, really need to do... One
1: the best British comedies it was the office about ten years before the office came out yeah operation good guys is amazing oh
0: and uh, uh the my other obscure comedy recommend this is all going to be comedy I think uh would yeah. be look around you
1: yes, one hundred percent yeah uh, Garth Marenghi's dark place
0: uh yeah, we're just going to keep doing that are we just um just yeah. recommending obscure ma- British comedy ma- from Boosh. the nineties and naughties. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um we could keep going but but my number one recommendation is definitely the smell of reason Mortimer, you know, just just like um just painfully funny. Okay, next unique. question. Yeah.
1: Who are your favorite MCU characters? What are your favorite MCU shows on movies?
0: Um my favorite MCU characters are probably Ant-Man and Vision. Okay. But just, you know, for different reasons. Um, I really love Ant-Man's powers. Um, I think, you know, the whole shrinking gimmick is just so unique and cool. Um, And Vision, I just, I love, I love how sort of removed, like he exists on almost a different plane of existence to everyone else. Uh, And he... He, uh, my absolute favourite moment in, in all of the MCU is the final conversation between uh, The Vision and Ultron at the end of Age of Ultron.
1: Mm-hmm. Just. Where goes, well, I was born yesterday.
0: Yeah, I love that scene so much.
1: Um, for me, um, ba- basically, my all time favourite comic. Like, when I was at university, it was when the Marvel Civil War event was happening. Right And I hoovered up every comic tie-in to that. Yeah. And at the time, 100%, my favourite superhero as a result of that was Captain America. Right. Uh, because it's a bit like the Civil War film, but Captain America's kind of dialed up to about 10 in the comics. He's amazing. Mm. Uh, also, Spider-Man. Um, I've always loved Spider-Man. Growing yeah. up... Uh, I used to really, really love the X Men. My favorite X Men is Colossus.
0: Mm-hmm. Good um, choice.
1: We we used to play an X Men board game. Me and my friends and we essentially all had our favorites that we would play as. Like I had one friend who was always Nightcrawler, one friend who was always Cyclops. I was always Colossus. One friend was always Wolverine. Um, so yeah, um, I. I I used to really, really, really like Deadpool. And then he became popular and he became a caricature of what he actually is. Mm. And the comics now aren't as good as they used to be.
0: Um, Hard thing to do right, that sort of meta humour.
1: Yeah, like the first one I read, I was like, this is amazing. I've never read anything like this. Yeah. And then it's diminishing quality. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking on my shelf at what... In fact, an an amazing comic, which is very very seldom heard of, is one called NYX. That's got the origins of X twenty three in it. Ah. That's a fantastic comic. Um, there so, in is... terms of
0: in terms of the MCU shows and movies, what what would you say is your you'll go to.
1: I'm glad you cut me off before I talked about every comic on my shelf. <laughs> um, I could watch Endgame and Infinity War a thousand times over. I cried in the cinema at Spider-Man No Way Home when the other Spider-Men appeared.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I loved Guardians of the Galaxy because those were characters that I had no idea about before the films and I loved it. Yeah. Um, just all of it. I could watch any of those.
0: Stick they are very reliably entertaining. That's sort of the key to the success, really, isn't it? Um, right. I, I think you maybe maybe skip the question above there.
1: Uh, oh, did I? Yeah. Have either of you been to America? If yes, what was the one thing you found interesting? If no, what are your preconceived ideas about it? Yeah. I've never been.
0: I have been to America. Um, I went not as a tourist, uh, but mostly to participate in a friend's uh, performance art festival. Um, And so I spent the majority of my time in a sweaty basement in New New Jersey (laughs) and didn't get to see a lot of uh, the rest of America. Um, I guess the one thing I found interesting was when i was out and about and just like going into shops and stuff just how culturally different it really is to the uk Mm -hmm. you kind of get desensitized to it watching american tv but american tv is about as accurate reflection of real life in america as british tv is for britain Mm ie a little bit but not that much it's not the same as actually living in the real world so just walking around like streets in america popping into like buy buy a slice of pizza and and stuff like that was just it was sort of simultaneously exactly how i imagined it to be and somehow more mundane than that mm. and that was kind of fascinating um so yeah i'd love to go back by the way um
1: uh, i my ex-wife had relatives who were american right and i would say they were some of the friendliest people i've ever met
0: yeah Yeah, the people Um, are, by and large, absolutely lovely, for sure. Just like everywhere in the world.
1: Next question. Uh, Since you talk about food so much, and I work in a fast food restaurant, have ever you been to Five Guys, and what did you think?
0: Uh, Yes, I've been once. Uh, Bit shit for vegetarians.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I went, big portions of chips. Yeah. They just gave so many chips.
0: Yeah, also, what is it with the peanuts? Yeah... What, what is it with that?
1: Don't know. They just love peanuts. It's They're weird. It. Yeah. Right. I put this question last because it links to, uh, well, basically James Swift asks the same question. Right. Uh, so I'll read them both together. So specifically for Matt, do you like being a teacher? Do you have any tips for new teachers? And James says, I've just started a new job as a music teacher. Uh, and it means I've now got used to dealing with school kids for the first time any advice Uh, so basically it's the best job in the world Um, and if I gave you any advice just be present give a shit there's nothing worse than people who turn up half arse it and go home Um, you're going to have 30 people in front of you, that's 30 life stories, you're not going to know everything about every kid every day so put some effort in just You know, care. And the kids will care back. That's what I would say about that. That
0: That's a fantastic answer.
1: Yeah, just give a shit. Yeah. I I hate people that turn up to my work and just don't.
0: Yeah. Speaking speaking from my perspective as someone who had a crack at being a teacher and failed miserably at it... um... Being, being invested in the children is way more important than uh, knowing your subject inside out.
1: Yeah, throw yourself into everything. Any any clown can stand at the front of a room and talk about chemistry for half an hour. You, it's a skill to engage with the kids. Yeah. Definitely. Learn about them, spend time with them. Like for, for example, in my wallet, I've literally just got some Yu-Gi-Oh cards and... Um, Because I know I've got one kid who's totally disaffected, but if I look like he's drifting off, I just whip out my blue-eyes white dragon and he's (laughs) back in the room. (laughs) I'm I'm like, oh, if you pass your exams, maybe I'll give you this blue-eyes white dragon. (laughs) You know, every kid's got something they're interested in. You've got to find every kid's hook. Yeah. Okay? There's no point teaching 29 out of 30 kids.
0: Good stuff. There
1: we go. That was a sensible answer.
0: It was, wasn't it?
1: Right. Next question from James Swift for me. If you had to redo the podcast, but you were the fan and David has no interest, what would you do the show about? Um, anime. Mm. I mean, I, I don't like anime, but it'd be interesting to see what the big deal is.
0: <laughs> you see, I, I've dabbled in anime. Uh, but I'm not. I wouldn't say there's any one anime that I'm so invested in that I, I know all, in, it's, inside it's out. It's all
1: absolute rubbish. <laughs> e- Except Dragon Ball Z. It's all rubbish.
0: You see, you're really big on Dragon Ball Z, and I've never had any interest in it. So that would should be a potential route. I'm trying to think... start watching One Piece. Oh, good lord. I, I mean, that that must be more of an undertaking than uh, even uh, Doctor Who at this point. Should should we watch Attack on Titan? Oh, God. I gave I really tried to get into Attack on Titan. Could not do Me it. Me too.
1: It was just people having meetings. It was, it was, like, it was so oh, the giants
0: miserable.
1: I was waiting months for those giants to turn up, and I watched these bloody war council meetings. Boring. Yeah. It's for dorks. If you like <laughs> anime... Have a word with yourself. (laughs) Except Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z is the ball. Right. Um, Last question, David, from James Swifty Swift. For you, how's the ukulele coming along?
0: Not touched it since I played it on pod.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Once you've done your Magnus Opus, there's no point.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I I need to dust it off. I've been distracted. Uh, But, hey, there you go. Uh, Right, so on that note... (laughs) That does it for this this special episode. I hope this has been fun for you listeners. David,
1: you must tell us what we're doing next week. Ah,
0: thank you. I don't mean to
1: interrupt, but you did tell me I had to.
0: (laughs) Yes, you did. Uh, Okay, so to let everyone know what the plan is. Next week, we are doing The Happiness Patrol. If you were listening to the end last week, you would have uh, heard Matt picking in real time which seventh Doctor story we're going to do. So we're doing The Happiness Patrol. That's next week. So uh, get a re in on that. if you, or, or maybe if you've never seen it before, watch it for the first time. You might enjoy it. Um, and then after that, we've run out of Doctor Who. Or have we? Um, we are going to be moving on. To a couple of spin offs, namely the Sarah Jane Adventures and Torchwood. We're going to be doing both of them. So, the plan is uh, because there are five series of Sarah Jane Adventures and four series of Torchwood, we are going to be starting with Sarah Jane Adventures. So, uh, two weeks from now, we are going to be tackling the first story. Uh, In series one proper of the Sarah Jane Adventures, Revenge of the Slitheen. Now, we did do the pilot episode way back when. I forget which episode it was.
1: We'll take Um, it out.
0: But yeah, so we won't be covering that story again, though we may on our own time rewatch it just to, as, a, as a bit of a lead in um, yeah the, and i
1: think what i think when we did that i think we did sarah jane and torchwood together in yeah. one episode so what i might do is snip the sarah jane audio and maybe just re-release that as a bonus episode for anyone that wants to catch up
0: okay so
1: that that was a long time ago. People might not was. have even heard that episode. Yeah,
0: no, definitely. So I think that'd be worth doing. So the plan from there on will be we do a series of Sarah Jane adventures, we do a classic Doctor Story, we do a series of Torchwood, we do a classic Doctor Story, and we'll sort of continue in that vein. Obviously there'll be a bit of wiggle room when we get around to the centenary special and things like that, but uh Overall, that's sort of going to be our structure going forwards for the next few things. And then, when we complete complete Torchwood, we will do a one-off Torchwood wrap-up episode. When we complete Sarah Jane Adventures, we will do a one-off Sarah Jane Adventures wrap-up episode. But we're not going to be doing wrap-up episodes for every series of those. um, No. Because we just kind of... It's not that we want to just, like, blast through them, but... Um, we also don't want them to be kind of become the 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 forever dominant focus of the podcast, you know. And we thought this way, it sort of gives us a bit of a balance, you know. Torchwood obviously has a reputation for being quite dark and and uh, and gritty, and you know, very much aimed at, towards an older audience. And Sarah Jane Avengers obviously aimed at a younger audience. So there's a bit of light and shade there. So I thought it'd be nice to kind of to alternate them get a bit of balance that way. So uh yeah hopefully hopefully people are on board with that plan. Because yeah. uh um that's that's broadly what we're gonna be doing. But obviously then we will be doing classic who in, in between those those series so there will still be some some sort of prime Doctor Who content there. And eventually when we finish that uh which by my reckoning uh will be sometime in uh the early months of 2024 <laughs> um from that point on we will um we will maybe think in terms of tackling what r- remains of classic who head on but uh that's a ways off for now
1: be- before we go david i do have to make an apology yes i was going to make it earlier and then i forgot uh mark from the all of time and space podcast Did send us some questions. Right. uh, But he sent them as an audio file. And he sent them that long ago that when I went to open the file today, so I could make a note of what the questions were, the link had expired. Oh, no. Uh, So I'm not ignoring you, Mark. I do apologise. Thank you so much for your contribution.
0: Oh, I appreciate that, Mark. If you've still got the file on your end, resend it. And we'll we'll, uh, we'll do it as a special... Uh, add on to another episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, take care. Um, uh, why was I saying? Take care. I've, I've distracted myself. I, how do I end this, Matt? <laughs> As always, dear listener, thank you for listening. Cheerio. Thank, uh, bye now. <laughs> there we go. Nice. We're all reversal this week.